Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, we'll be right back with today's guest, but we want to give a shout out to our podcast partners, um, Vital Signs by Wall of Fame, uh, the Florida Coaches Coalition, the Global Community of Women in High School Sports, and We Coach. Uh, check out these four great organizations, see how they can help you. And now, please stay with us. Don't fast forward. Let's take a quick listen to our podcast sponsors. Bring your school's legacy to life with Vital Signs Wall of Fame. The Wall of Fame is an interactive touchscreen video console that highlights your school's top performers, both past and present in athletics, academics, and the arts. But it's so much more than that. Wall of Fame is an extensive content program that allows you to tell more compelling stories that will better engage your audience. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their great products. Then when you're ready to buy, go to the link, vitalsignswalloffame.com slash Jake, and you'll get 5% off. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to thank Gipper. Go to gipper.com and see how athletic directors are creating world-class marketing content for their school's social media channel. Tell them you heard about it on the podcast. Uh, use our code ADPOD10 and you'll get 10% off. Start creating custom branded content for your school's social media channel at gipper.com. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive for their support. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Check out their indoor scoring tables and video boards. They not only generate income for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Uh, one of the best purchases I ever made as an athletic director. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Schedule that live web demo today. We also want to thank Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. Huddle is going to supply your school and your coaches, your athletes, your teams with the tools that they need to perform at the highest level. Go to huddle.com and you'll find a professional-grade solution for the challenges that you face as an athletic director. At Huddle, we believe in sports, and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 6 million users. Turn your school into a Huddle school. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell tickets for your events, not just athletics, but things like school plays and concerts, dances, even graduation. And along the way, you will have a dedicated client success manager that's providing you hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com to get started. Simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to thank the good folks at Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. That's the landing site for the entire Snap suite. Check out Snap Store, Snap Manage, Snap Connect, and of course, Snap Raise, their fundraising platform. We used it with great success, and so can you. Uh, they've helped schools just like yours raise over $700 million. And they even have a program where you can get your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. I don't think anybody else offers that. You'll find it all at Snap raise.com. Check them out today. We also want to thank Final Forms. Go to Final Forms and they're going to show you how to have your best season ever. Uh, they have resources to help uh, your stakeholders, 
to help your coaches, to help you, whether you are an athletic director, uh, an IT professional for a school, or a superintendent. You can find it all at finalforms.com slash Jake. That's finalforms.com slash Jake. Check them out today and have your best season ever. And we want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic directors typically only hear from that 2% that want to complain, that squeaky wheel parent, or maybe it's a frustrated athlete. And we do need to hear from that 2%, but you also need to hear from the 98% that really love and support your program. It's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking to that squeaky wheel parent or your superintendent, okay, or your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com and have them talk to you about setting up a um, uh, a unique uh, custom uh, survey for your school and your program. That's Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We've got a really cool guest today, uh, Eric Horstman. Um, we met on LinkedIn through a, a group that he, um, I, I guess, uh, manages called High School Sports. Imagine that. But he's got a tremendous background. Um, he founded a company uh, called Sports Image, which is a, a marketing and you know helps high schools uh, get equipment uh, type of company. We're going to talk about that. Um, also, for any of our listeners who have ever tried to organize a tournament, okay, Eric's taken that and uh, pumped it full of steroids. He runs uh, a, a number of tournaments that are among you know recognized as you know some of the best in the entire country uh, for basketball. He also did uh, he does showcases. Uh, did a football uh, a backyard blitz showcase. Uh, I, I just thought it'd be a great uh, guest for our listeners. So uh, I'm going to shut up now. Eric Horseman, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Well, I appreciate the invitation, Jake. I know that I've seen a lot of the podcasts on that uh, group that you have uh, posted that we, we mutually are involved in on LinkedIn and uh, appreciate what you're doing for the athletic directors of the nation out there and uh, uh, look forward to being all with you. Well, again, I know you're incredibly busy. We appreciate you spending time with us. Uh, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us that quick bio, where you were born, where you grew up, uh, obviously, you know, um, sports background, uh, maybe take us up through the college years and then we'll take our first break and uh, then hear more about some of the things you're doing. But what's the Eric Horseman origin story? Well, uh, let's see. I am an Ohio boy, uh, still live in Ohio, live in a suburb of Dayton, which is Springboro, Ohio now. Been married for over 20 years to my wife, Lori, and have twins that uh, just recently, a boy and a girl, they have started attending college. So I guess you can say uh, I'm into my first year as an empty nester, which gives me a lot more free time, which is a lot different uh, than uh, the coaching and running around doing the fatherly duties. Uh, uh, one, my daughter going to High Point University in North Carolina, and my son is going to Ohio University in Athens. Uh, a little bit about me, uh, I graduated from Ohio Northern University, and the interesting thing is, is even though I'm in the sports marketing world and the sports world, 
uh, I started out as an engineer. I got a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering from Ohio Northern, started working for Uncle Sam through the Department of Energy, and they offered to send me back to college. So I went back and got a master's degree in environmental engineering. So a couple of engineering degrees, did that for five or six years, doing really well, uh, made good money, helped pay off the student loans, but uh, had that early midlife crisis, if you will, and saying, man, is this what I'm gonna be doing for the rest of my life? Uh, one thing led to another. I always have had passion for sports, played sports, uh, work out every day, just love the sports world and always wanted to, like most Americans, run my own business. So voila, 20 plus years ago, Sports Image was born um, and out of Sports Image also comes our flagship event that you uh, alluded to called the Flying to the Hoop Basketball Invitational, uh, which is now we just completed our 20th year of that. Uh, and I know we'll get into those in more detail, but for the past 20 years, have been doing sports marketing, helping uh, high schools across the nation, grassroots organizations across the nations, raise money, get equipment for their athletic programs at no cost to their athletic programs. It's not a catch. I can explain it later. <laughs> but uh, and also in doing that with schools, had several coaches say, hey, you're pretty organized. You do a lot with schools. Uh, why don't you try to put together a basketball event? I knew nothing about putting together a basketball event 20 years ago, uh, but I'm very persistent. I, I like competition and took it as a challenge. And one thing led to another. And 20 years later, we have the Flying to the Hoop Basketball Invitational, which, um, and again, I say this humbly speaking, has been uh, ranked by ESPN, Max Prep, CBX Sports as one of the top five events in the nation. Uh, so pretty proud of that, starting from ground zero here in Dayton, Ohio, to that. Uh, as of last count, we have over 93 guys that are in the NBA uh, that participated uh, in our event. And that number is in the thousands as far as uh, uh, kids that went on to play college basketball. Yeah, I, I was looking at your uh, info sheet and just those numbers just jumped out at me. Uh, and again, we're going to talk more about the, the Flying to the Hoop tournament uh, from an organizational standpoint later on. Um, you know, I, let's talk a little bit um, you know, about you, though. Um, you know, you, you mentioned that you had twins that are just starting college. You know, we had three kids ourselves and they weren't twins or triplets, but all three were in college at the same time. So I don't recommend that. Um, you know. <laughs> Let's kind of jump in. I know I'm ambushing you with this uh, question. Um, you know, from a sports uh, parent standpoint, uh, obviously, um, you know, you you played. I'm going to guess your kids played. But looking at the tournaments that you run, you probably see uh, the gamut wow. as far as sports parents. Um, anything that you have learned over the years to try to help parents uh, show their best side rather than some of the things we see on uh, uh, the internet, uh, those worst parent nightmares. Anything stick out for you? It, it is becoming crazier and crazier. And one of those things I dread every year going into the new year, just because you see all these ugly scenes on TV, people have the cell phone cameras and what have you. And again, grow, uh, uh, you know, with my kids growing up, I coached, especially my son's uh, teams a lot. So we would have to deal with some of those parents in the, in the back room, have those phone calls and playing time and all of that kind of stuff, which, you know, that's been going on since the beginning of time. 
time, those one-on-one -on -one calls, but the public displays are getting crazier and crazier. Um, I was fortunate not to have a lot of those during my coaching years or what have you. And again, I say this um, very humbly speaking, but with the tournament, especially flying to the hoop, um, I think my biggest thing that, that we do and as a recommendation to folks is we set expectations. And what I mean by that is this. Um, I am very, very passionate about what we do and about our reputation and how well we are perceived from college coaches to high school coaches to fans to teams to players to sponsors all across the country that have been a part of this journey for 20 years. So what I mean by setting expectations, when we invite a team to be in the event, nowadays we are very clear hey, we run a first-class ship here. We uh, want to make sure that your team understands that. We will have no political statements on any kind of warm-up gear. We will be conducting ourselves, you know, as ethical as we can, uh, good sportsmen. And this also goes over into your fans. And understand if we have any problems with any of your fans or anything like that, you will never be invited back to this event again. And again, I know early on that may, maybe doesn't mean anything because people didn't know who we are and people that are running first year events out there, they're like, whatever, you know, I don't even know if I want to come back to your event again, you know, but if you set those expectations up front and they see how thorough you are with everything that we do and everything that we lead up to. And they've seen it by the time they get to January, our event is over Martin Luther King weekend every year, how methodical I am with everything that we do. They know we mean business. And I take great pride in that. And I'm knocking on wood so you don't jinx me, but you know, we've never had any of those incidents yet because of that. Uh, we are very, very uh, vocal to those teams that, Hey, we want you to come here. You're going to get an opportunity to showcase your talents on a national stage. And we want to make sure that you conduct yourself and your fans conduct themselves properly. Yeah, I, I think you, you really hit it on the head. It's, you know, that expectation in your organization, the people that work for you um, a long, long time ago. I, I wish I knew where I found this, but I didn't invent it. Uh, but I heard it, saw it, whatever, and I adopted it. It's along those same lines. And I've always shared it with my coaches and anybody else that wanted to listen. Uh, everything you see at your tournament, everything you see at my school, everything you see, it's either coached or it's allowed. Which one is it for you? And, you know, we would use that for sportsmanship, for parent behavior, for our own coaches' behavior as well. Um, you know, everything is coached or allowed. Which one is it? And that sounds very much how you right. run your ship too. And, exactly. Uh, for our listeners, our guest today is Eric Horseman. Uh, he is the founder of Sports Image, and along with the uh, Flying to the Hoop basketball tournaments and a lot of other things, the high school sports group on LinkedIn. We're going to take our first break, but we're going to be back with some more. So please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank our good friends at Vital Signs Wall of Fame for their support of the podcast. The Wall of Fame is an interactive touchscreen video console that's going to highlight your school's top performers, both past and present, in athletics, academics, and the arts. But the Wall of Fame is so much more than that. It's an extensive content program that allows you to tell more compelling stories that's going to better engage your audience. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com and check out their great products. And when you're ready to purchase, use the link vitalsignswalloffame.com slash jake and you get 5% off. Check them out today, vitalsignswalloffame.com. 
We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to Gipper.com and see how athletic directors are creating world-class marketing content for their school's social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device, and you don't need any design experience. Go to Gipper.com and tell them you heard about it on the podcast. Use our code ADPOD10, and they will give you 10% off. That's Gipper.com. Create custom content for your school's social media channel. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Eric Horseman. He is a marketing, promotions, fundraising, uh, basketball tournament guru. Uh, but right now, Eric, um, let's talk about mentors. Uh, none of us ever get to where we're at on our own. Uh, the expression that I always use, I probably overuse it, is for my mentors, I still hear their voices in my head. Uh, so do you have any voices that you still hear? Yeah. And I hear them on the phone and I hear them in text messages and I hear them in emails still to this day. Uh, obviously, one of the first ones, uh, uh, my grandfather and my father, uh, both good businessmen. They were very uh, uh, people person oriented. Uh, they were both in sales and marketing. Um, I kind of uh, got that personality, charisma, if you will, uh, from them. So, uh, you know, I've always looked to the way that they, you know, uh, handled themselves in business. Um, so that was kind of a good foundation for me, making sure I went through school and did what I needed to do uh, before I started making that leap into the corporate world. And really, one of the things that um, I don't know that it's an individual mentor, but something that I would recommend to folks. And when I give talks to entrepreneurial classes and things like that around the area, one of the things I tell them is you can always learn something from from anybody. And what I mean by that is you got to make sure that it's factual. But once you get around, like we have a group of business owners that meet once a month. And if nothing else, it's just to be able to shoot the crap with them, so to speak, and be around like minds that might be dealing with something that, hey, I'm dealing with something similar. And it's nice to be able to bounce ideas, to vent to, uh, you know, frustrations with somebody that maybe not is in your business because that becomes too, you know, uh, a little bit of a conflict, maybe not in your family because then it can get personal and what have you. But Somebody that's just, hey, I'm a business owner over here. I understand it. We didn't go through that same thing, but here's how I would handle that. So I really look towards a lot of the folks that I deal with on a, uh, a monthly basis, on a weekly basis, as far as other like-minded individuals that, uh, that that started companies, that run companies. I, I never want to, how do I want to say it, reinvent the wheel. If somebody's been there, done that, why wouldn't I try to take that information and learn from them? And that's what I've been trying to do. Um, in the basketball world, it's kind of interesting. He's become uh, a very good friend of mine. Uh, his name is John Stovall. He actually works for Nike right now. Um, and he runs the EYBL circuit for Nike. Um, he used to live in Ohio and ran a recruiting service. My point with saying this is, is the first year after I did Flying to the Hoop here in Dayton, Ohio, he came up to me. And he goes, hey, I really like what you're doing here. You look like you know what you're doing. It's very organized compared to other events that he went to. All these guys, referees, uh, coaches, recruiters, they go to all these events around the country. And he's like, I like what you're doing here. I think I might be able to help you out. 
And after that first year, he and I just really hit it off. And as far as I'm concerned, he has been instrumental in helping on the team perspective, the player perspective, the matchup perspective of the event. So what happens is, is we're like the two-headed monster where I'm running the operations, doing the business, doing the sponsorships, uh, doing everything under the sun, wearing all those different hats. But during the summer, which is coming up here shortly, he and I get together and he's just been instrumental in saying, hey, this is a team you want to look out for. This is a team you want to look out for, not in a good way. Uh, hey, I'm like, hey, this team just emailed me and they're loaded, da, 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 da. He's like, hold on a second. All of those players are probably not going to be there at the end of summer. You know, it's just the world that we live in. So I would say that, you know, maybe mentor isn't the right word, but actual that I can trust on a day in and day out basis. And that's something that I think everybody needs to have in their corner, that small circle of trust of influencers that they can go to, uh, to kind of discuss things uh, of any nature with them, knowing that they're going to get honest feedback and knowing that they're not just going to be yes men. Uh, absolutely. And again, I love to hear, you know, people share mentors from their past, you know, their parents, their high school coach or whatever. But I also love it when they have mentors that they can share that they are still in touch with on, you know, let's say a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Um, uh, you kind of open the door for our next talking point. Um, you founded Sports Image, uh, as you mentioned, uh, about 20 years ago. And the premise is just very, very uh, intriguing to me. Uh, can you talk a little bit, share with our listeners about how that came about and, and maybe yep. how they can uh, get involved? Right. So the easiest way to describe what sports image is to our listeners is we are a professional marketing slash ad agency brought down to the grassroots level. What I mean by that is you have all these high powered ad agencies that are working for the Cincinnati Bengals, Ohio State Buckeyes, Florida State Seminoles, Division I colleges, professional, what have you, making mega deals with corporations and what, whatnot. Well, who's helping the grassroots organizations? Who's helping the high schools? You know, what I always tell people is AD doesn't stand for advertising director. You guys are some of the busiest people on the planet doing all of that sort of stuff. Well, guess what? Now, over the past couple of years, more than ever, they've wanted you to put an adver advertising director hat on and start going out and get sponsorships and raising money on your own. Now, there are some schools out there that have very robust booster clubs and things of that nature. But we also run into the problem that they're booster clubs, but normally they're doing a car wash, cupcake sale, and casino night, which is very important, but that money has already been earmarked for stuff in the normal season. Hey, every year, the cupcake sale takes care of the travel expenses for the football team. I'm just making this stuff up. Casino night is going to fund all of the girls' sports at the high school or what have you. So where we come in, is what happens if a school wants to get a new football scoreboard? Where are they going to get that money from? Well, nobody has twenty dollars to $200,000 to go out there and, and just purchase one. Uh, maybe if they're building a new school, they might put it into the cost of that or what have you. What Sports Image does is we figure out what schools need. We develop a relationship with them. And then what we'll do in case in point, let's say a school needs a new football scoreboard. We will work with who you're working with, Nubco, Dactronics. There's a bunch of them out there. We know them all. And we'll say, all right, you want model XYZ. 
and it's going to cost X amount of dollars. We will assign one of our project managers to the project and they are going to go out and they're going to find local and regional businesses that want to be a part of this project to have some branding, some viability, some sponsorships on that board. And we're going to collect Y amount of dollars. Well, we're going to take Y amount of dollars. We're going to buy the scoreboard for you and we're going to have it delivered to you with that signage on there. And then we obviously get a cut of that, which is why we collect a little bit more than what you know the, the product is worth. So since we have started doing that, we have helped thousands of schools nationwide. We have given over $15 million in equipment to schools nationwide. We also have revenue programs. They may come in and say, hey, we just need money. We are not going to be able to fund our sports programs next year. Okay, well, we'll get creative and say, all right, do you have any current signage on your football scoreboard? Yeah, but it's outdated. Well, what if we go and we re-up or we look at put new signage panels up there and we go develop new relationships, which uh, will sign two to three year contracts or what have you with those sponsors. The point is, is we can generate that revenue again. And instead of the revenue being paid to buy a new football scoreboard, since you already have one, well, now we're going to cut you a check. Uh, case in point, uh, about a couple of weeks ago, I just cut a $9,000 check for some revenue to a school in New Jersey. Now, 9,000, isn't 90,000, but it's not 900. But in your world, I know every dollar counts. I bet they were very happy to get a $9,000 check in the mail versus having a bill in the mail. And they can use that money however they want. We've also even gotten into some naming rights potentials. And what happened there is we were working with a city here in the state of Ohio. They created some new lacrosse fields. Lacrosse has really taken off here in Ohio right now. So they were going to do one primary field with the turf and all of that kind of stuff. We found a naming rights sponsor that's paying $15,000 a year for the next 10 years for the naming rights of that field. And their logo is right there at center, you know, at, at the midfield. They embedded it into uh, the turf and what have you. So I guess my point is, is we become... Uh, uh, not somebody that sits on the opposite side of the desk as you, we become like the athletic director of the school's conciliary, you know, in the old mafia terms, we are your right hand man that can help you to get what you need. And we'll come up with a game plan for it. And guess what it costs the school? Nothing. It costs them some time. We take care of that. So that in a nutshell is what sports image does. And we've got several products that we've been working on lately, but does that kind of give you a better idea or feel? Oh, no, that's, uh, that's excellent. And uh, I, I love what you mentioned earlier about AD doesn't, does not stand for advertising director. Uh, I've got a couple of good friends that have started a, a new interview podcast and they uh, call it the AD podcast. And they say AD stands for uh, all day after dark. Okay. And just about everything else. So uh, um Eric, great. Sounds like a great, great program. Uh, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out, find out more about how they might uh, get involved and take advantage of Sports yep. Image, how do they do that? I, I'm going to tell you that. And then I wanted to, because I'd be remiss if I if I didn't tell you about a program that we just launched about a week ago. And this is going to be something that, that you may find kind of interesting because we're kind of skewing from our norm. But 
uh, let me digress for a second. And you can tell me if uh, when I'm babbling too long, but I was actually at that football game a couple of months ago on that Monday night when the Cincinnati Bengals played the Buffalo Bills. Remember when DeMar Hamlin had the incident on the field? It was the most surreal, surreal I have ever heard 60,000 people. We were in the stands. We had no clue what was going on. It was dead silent. I mean, it was weird. It affected the nation. You all know it. It affected the world. Everybody was watching. And I'm there with my son and some friends watching this live. Well, on the way home that night from Cincinnati, I started thinking to myself, man, that that kind of hits you hard and you start seeing in the news nowadays that these young kids are passing out and having cardiac arrests all over the place. You're seeing these on Google alerts and you're pulling up your phone and another kid, unfortunately, you know, passes out, dies, what have you. So I said, how are we going to make a difference? So not only with the stuff that I just mentioned about sports image, what we just did last week is I put everything together and we launched what we are calling Operation AED. And what I mean by that is I got a reputable firm that uh, has one of the top of the line AEDs. They're out of Tennessee. And we are literally giving AEDs to any school or athletic department that wants them. It's the same concept with sports image. What I mean by that is we simply have a one-page agreement that says, school, you want an AED? What we're going to do is we're going to go find one sponsor in your area or in that region that we are dubbing the Save-A-Life sponsor. That Save-A-Life sponsor is going to have a banner that we've already created with their logo on it that's going to be hung in either their gym or their football stadium. And in return, that sponsor is going to give us revenue that we're going to turn around and we're going to get schools, a top of the line AED. It includes the software. It includes the, the carrying case, a rescue kit. There's a whole thing that goes together. But the most important thing is it's a fully automatic AED that literally folks can use. And, and some of your listeners and, and a lot of the schools may go, well, we have an AED. Well, you look at the numbers and I don't care where you put this. You could have multiple AEDs. You probably want multiple AEDs. You could put one at your junior high. You could put one in the gym. You could put one in the wrestling room. You could put one in the cafeteria. I don't care if you put one in your elementary school that's way out at the edge of town because it's the furthest away from paramedics or a fire department or something. You heard on that night how important that AED and all that quick attention to DeMar Hamlin made a difference, you know, in saving his life. So we thought if nothing else, these AEDs, and if let's say we put 500 AEDs in schools across the country for the rest of this year, who knows that maybe one of those AEDs helps save the life of a kid down the line because a school has one that they got from us that they wouldn't have had unless they participated in our program, Operation AED. So to give you an idea, I sent it out to about 50, I sent out a link to about 50 schools in Indiana uh, just for uh, Thursday of last week, Jake. We already have 25 agreements back and I haven't even talked to one of those schools. They read our email. They liked what we said, which is what I'm telling you now. We had a, a form that was attached to it. We're getting these forms back, and we have had zero communication with the schools except for this. Because think about it. At the end of the day, the school, again, is out nothing. If we can't find a sponsor, they didn't spend any money. They didn't spend any time. But if we can find a sponsor, then they're going to get a top-of-the-line, fully automated AED to go into their collection to use wherever they want on us. 
and courtesy of that, what we are dubbing Save a Life Sponsor. So I just thought that that was something that was appropriate in today's world. And we just launched, which is great that we're having this podcast. We literally are launching it as we speak. We just sent the first emails out last week. Well, great, great stuff. Uh, and my mind is racing a couple of different directions. Again, athletic directors that are listening, I think they understand. I don't know if the general public does that. Uh, yeah, OK, we got an AED, but we need one, as you said, at this other school, at this other site. Um, you know, I, I think they got started years ago at schools because, uh, you know, uh, little kids in PE classes we're taking a shot to the chest with a softball or a dodgeball right. or something. And that's where that sudden cardiac, uh, uh, I think first got, got to get noticed, uh, boy, before we go too long, uh, let's go and take another break. But before we do, how do yeah. our listeners find out more yeah. about sports image and the save a life program? All you would have to do is if you go to our website, Sports Image Inc. That's inc.com. So www.sportsimageinc.com. If you go to the contact us, just go ahead and say interested in the AED program because this is so new. We don't have the page up on our website yet. We're still working on doing that. Eventually, there's going to be a separate page on the website that you're going to be able to sign up for as well. But for the listeners right now, or if you are near your computer, just go to sportsimageinc.com fill out the contact us. It's going to come into the office here and we'll be able to help you out, get you to where you need to go from there. All right. Great stuff. Uh, we're going to take a break, but we are coming back for a lot more. Our guest today is Eric Horseman. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. Okay. We want to say thanks to Huddle for their support of the Educational AD Podcast. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. Huddle is going to provide your school, your coaches, your teams, and your athletes the tools to play at the highest level, whether it's a smart camera, whether it's mobile apps or analytics. Huddle is going to provide a professional-grade solution for the challenges that you face. At Huddle, we believe in sports, and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 6 million users and turn your school into a Huddle school. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive, indoor scoring tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo and see their tables and their boards in action. One of the best purchases I ever made as an AD was our Sideline Interactive indoor score table. It not only generates income for your department, but it also creates the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com Check out their great products today. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell tickets, not just for athletic events, but things like school plays and concerts, school dances, even graduation. And every step of the way, Hometown's going to provide you with a dedicated client success manager that provides hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com and get started today. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Uh, just to give you guys an FYI, we at Flying to the Hoop started using Hometown Ticketing uh, two years ago and could not be more satisfied and happy uh, they are very prompt whenever we have any issues, which has been very few. 
Uh, we even had somebody on site the first year because they wanted to make sure that this went off uh, uh, without a hitch and all their interactive back in box office type of information uh, is wonderful to nerds like me that like to look into details uh, about where all the ticketing is coming from and how we're getting uh, the traffic that we are. So I would highly recommend using hometown ticketing for all of your ticketing needs. Well, thanks for mentioning that. And, and again, you know, uh, we've talked to hometown folks before uh, from the smallest, you know, uh, tiny high school or, or middle school. Uh, and here we have a national uh, tournament. Uh, again, hometown really, really does a good job. Thanks for sharing that, Eric. Let's yep. go and talk about tournaments. Um, you know, I don't think there's a single listener uh, who's an athletic director that hasn't had to organize or let's say got to organize uh, a tournament right. of some kind. You're certainly doing it at the highest level. So what are some of the things um, from an organizational standpoint that as the tournament has grown uh, that you feel you can share maybe some uh, uh, tools of the trade uh, with our listeners? Right. Well, it's interesting you say that because uh, I've given several presentations on doing an event before, and I think uh, in my retirement years or even sooner, I may uh, even think about writing a book on how to organize a, a good event. I think that is one of our fortes with the event, and I think it's gotten us to where we are. And here's what I mean by that is we're not looking at it as just a sporting event. We look at it as a business. So we make sure that all facets are covered. What I mean by that is a, a couple of key points. The very first thing that I tell people, hey, if you want to do an event or run an event, uh, where are your revenue streams going to come from? You know, that's got to be one of the very first things you ask because everybody's like, hey, I want to put this event together and we'll sell tickets. Well, yes, but that can't be your only revenue stream because I can tell you the expenses are going to come from everywhere and places that you don't even expect. So we need to identify revenue streams. But those are just some of uh, a key highlighter too. The easiest way that I have learned to run an event over time is you're talking to an ex-engineer now, but you can't take the engineer out of me. And what I mean by that is I'm a list maker. I'm an OCD guy. I'm a checklist guy. So what I have created, and really you can utilize this for any event, and we have done so, I look 12 months ahead of time. So what would happen is our event is in January, really 11 months. So what happens is in February of this year, I print off my flying to the hoop checklist. And each month it tells me, hey, here are the things that you have to do in order for everything to go off without a hitch, knock on wood, come January. So in February, that list is very light. Then it goes March, April, May, June, July. And as we get into the fall and the winter months, that list becomes bigger and bigger. Don't forget to invite the media to our press conference in October. Hey, don't forget to send the sponsors a heads up when you get the schedule created to give them a first look at it before the rest of the public does. And basically, over these 20 years, I've developed a, I think it's eight pages now of a checklist that I go through every year so that absolutely nothing falls through the crack. And I think that's a testament to our organization and why a lot of the teams love the event so much, not only because of the competition on the floor, but I've had coaches tell me, man, you do 
everything but wipe our nose for us. Yes, we have everything scheduled for you. We have your practices. We have your hotels. We have your meals. Um, here is when you need to have your information to me so that you could be included in our program. So what happens starting, I would say about September, I have emails that go out every couple of weeks to schools, to media, to college coaches, to sponsors, and to fans. I have it all divided up. I have it all listed out so that nothing falls through the crack. And each year, I just revisit that checklist. And obviously, I refine things every year, adding to it, subtracting things from it when it becomes no longer relevant. But that is what gets me through. Instead of relying on my memory, instead of relying on other people, I have this thing that I print out You know, every spring. I'll be getting ready to print it out again for next January. And literally, I use that as my guide book and it will lead me right down the path to get to January and have everything in place. You know, um, you and I talked a little bit before we came on, um, you know, you're hosting a, a holiday tournament or, or whatever it is. And, you know, you get that call, uh, you know, the team isn't coming for whatever reason. Um, right. Have you had one of those happen over the years and how do you go about managing that? Now, there's a lot of different responses. Well, there is a lot of them, part of which is on my checklist. And what I mean by that is in the November, December timeframe, I start to touch base with some of the schools that aren't participating in the event this upcoming year, but wanted to. And they, uh, they're mainly the prep schools because when it comes to the public schools or members of the federation, you can't just leave a game open for the time being, you know, hoping you get in. But I basically what I'm saying is, is I have a backup list and I start creating a backup list in November of about four to five teams. Now, again, I'm very aware that a backup cannot come from Louisiana because I can't get them here, you know, in less than a day if I need them. So they're normally within a three to four hour drive around the Dayton area, which really does open up a lot. Um, I create a backup list in the event that something happens, we have to go DEFCON 5. I start looking at that list and we have had, because of COVID, because of weather, because of planes, all of that kind of stuff, we have had over the years several mishaps uh, but we have only had one time, one time in 20 years where we had to cancel a game. And the only reason we had to do it is because both teams could not make it in. So instead of trying to get two new teams to get in there, we just consolidated the schedule. And instead of six games that day, we had five games. But other than that, on any mishap that we have had, we have had a team be able to step up and fill in. Because what I don't want is to punish two teams. And what I mean by that is the one team's already getting punished. They can't get there for whatever reason. They came down with COVID. Their, their plane, you know, got canceled. Uh, weather, what have you. Well, why punish the other team that, you know, I say it again, humbly speaking, that was so looking forward to getting to play in the flying of the hoop event. You know, one of the highlights of their high school career. I don't want to be the guy that says, if you're not playing. The other team can't show you're done. So we have those backup teams to be able to fill in. And the cool thing about it is, is these coaches get it. You have a lot of coaches that want to game plan and do all that kind of stuff. But when push comes to shove, listen, 
your game is in 10 hours. I just got the word that the superintendent up in Cleveland is not going to let the team drive down because of the snowstorm that's coming our way. So the team that you were playing from Cleveland cannot come down. I have a backup. Here's who it is. You're either going to play this person or we're not going to have the game. And in what I just said, we've always been able to work it out to where they played the game. And it's been on, you know, we, we have we have been at the 11th hour and we're still able to put things together. So the long winded way of saying this is, is we work on having backups. Sometimes they're not always maybe the best backups or however, but guess what? The game was played, so those kids had a chance to compete on a national level and on a national stage in front of the college coaches and recruiters we have there. Yeah, uh, again, there's just so many things that uh, can go wrong, and there's so many things that can go right You know, when you're putting that tournament together. Sounds like a really, really cool experience. If one of our listeners had a, uh, a team that uh, they were looking maybe for next year uh, to come to the tournament, uh, how do they find out more about it? Yeah, we, we have a website. Again, the name of the event is the Flying to the Hoop Basketball Invitational. So if you go to www.flyingtothehoop.com and it's F-L-Y-I-N, there's no G on there, T-O-T-H-E-H-O-O-P.com. So if you're on Facebook, you can search Flying to the Hoop. We have a great following. We have a huge following on Twitter. We have a following on Instagram, and we have a website. So any of those ways that you get on there, there's a way to message us, and you could always message us. And what we always ask is, hey, give a little bit about your team and give us a little bit of information about your projected roster for next year. Because I say this, and this is a wonderful problem to have, but it's still a problem and I hate it, is that every year we have gotten to the point where we literally have around 150 teams that uh, uh, request and would like to participate in our event every January. And we got to whittle that down to 35 to 40. So here we are, the beginning of March. I already have 30 teams that have emailed me or called me about being in the event next year. And we haven't even started signing them up yet. So, so it's one of those things. It's a problem, but it's a great problem. I feel very blessed in having that. And our goal is that your team would walk away not only with a great experience, but also now you become an ambassador of Flying to the Hoop. Because I think the way that we have become uh, the brand that we have is because of the coaches and the media and the college coaches that attend this thing. And they're like, holy cow. The hospitality, the organization, the competition, off the charts, we're coming back every year. And I see it's become a family. Sponsors, coaches, teams, colleges, I see the same folks show up every January. Yeah, absolutely. You really don't, you know, talk about promoting a branding. Uh, you're at a point now where it kind of promotes itself. You're still going to do all those things, but uh, it, it's great to have such a strong word of mouth and that solid reputation. You know, very good stuff. Yep. I still will do all those things because we're on the checklist, Jake, and I got to check yeah. off my checklist. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, for our listeners, our guest is Eric Horseman. He's the founder of Sports Image, founder of Flying to the Hoop and a lot of other things. We're going to take another break, but we're coming back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Snap Mobile for their support of the podcast. Go to snapraise.com. And check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help athletic directors do their job better. You have Snap Store, Snap Manage, Snap Connect, and of course, Snap Raise is their fundraising platform. 
SnapRaise um, has been used at our school with our coaches with great success, and they've helped schools just like yours raise over $700 million. They even have a program where you can get your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. I don't think anyone else offers that. Go to snapraise.com and get started. That's snapraise.com. We also want to say thanks to Final Forms. Go to finalforms.com and they're going to help you prepare for your best season ever. Whether you're an athletic director, an IT professional, even a superintendent, they have a platform that's going to help you. Uh, it's going to help your stakeholders. It's going to help your coaches. And it's going to help you as an athletic director. Go to finalforms.com slash Jake to get started. That's finalforms.com slash Jake. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Eric Horseman. Eric, um, one of the topics that uh, we've had our guests share is this idea of uh, social awareness. And I know that covers a lot of ground, but what are some ways from your perspective uh, that an athletic director can do a better job of being socially aware? Well, I'll tell you what, the topic that I would like to touch base on, if I could give my two cents, is on the social media aspect of it. And I know that that is the bane of a lot of people's existence right now, uh, but it is here to stay. It is not going anywhere. So if it's not going anywhere, my suggestion to athletic directors and coaches and schools out there is to start using it for your advantage. And what I mean by that is we interact with a lot of coaches, with a lot of schools, with a lot of athletic directors. And it always amazes me when I'm on social media Nine times out of 10, the Twitter feeds and or Facebook feeds or what have you are simply, hey, here's the score of last night's game. Hey, here's the score of last night's game. And here's the link to get tickets to the next game. Where that's not bad, it's also not good. And here's what I mean by that is you have a platform that you're able to touch base with your community, with your coaches, with your students, with your fans, uh, with your administration, and it costs you nothing. It is marketing for free. It just takes a little bit of time. The schools and the athletic directors and the coaches that I see successfully utilize their social media, they have quite a large following. They get asked I know this is a double-edged sword. They get asked to do a lot of speaking and attend clinics and things of that nature. But my point is you're building your brand. You're not only building the brand of your school, but you're building the brand of you, the athletic director. So if you want to uh, work on that next promotion, go to that next school or what have you. The point is the more that you interact in a positive way with your community doing quick little videos. Hey, remember uh, football tryouts are tomorrow. Here's some things to look out for. If your son or daughter does not make the team, these little things add up and you're going to get followers. You're going to get interaction so that down the line, when you need to make the ask, whether it's, hey, we need people to sign up for this. Hey, we need sponsors for that. Hey, we're going to need volunteers for this. You have a following that you have built. You have a brand and you have a level of trustworthiness that you have built with these folks that it's going to be much easier for you to get that versus the ways that you've been doing things now. 
Again, I'm not saying go crazy, go all social media and celebrity on there, but the more you embrace it and utilize it and post, the more you're going to get out of it down the line because it's not going anywhere. So you might as well take advantage of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, again, you and I talked about this. Uh, th I think there's a lot of uh, examples where uh, an athletic director could take that next step and promote the teams, the athletes, the kids, but it, it's just, um, you know, to use uh, Scott Garvis's term, it's just not part of our DNA right now. We weren't raised okay. that way. So we're all learning about social media. And then the other um, not so good thing is, you know, I'm sure you see this too, uh, that post from a coach or an AD uh, that just leaves you scratching your head. Uh, you know, why would, why would they do that? Um, well, it's kind of like writing that email, Jake. If you think that that email is going to be a bad one, sleep on it before you send it the next day. So the same with that Twitter post. Don't go posting it right away. Think about it. But, you know, there is a lot of harm that is done on social media. But you know what? There can be a lot of positives on social media, too. And it's up to you to start building those followings. And case in point, at the bare bones level, if you ever are looking to start that event or run that event or things like that down the line, having a following already of like-minded folks in your community that are already familiar with you, you're already out of the gate you already have a captured audience that you're going to be able to start promoting this stuff to, you know? So the more it, it's kind of like your personality, the more charismatic, the more that you can be on there versus final score of last night's game, you know, again, you're still doing a service, but I think you're doing a disservice to yourself and your brand. If you don't embrace it and start utilizing it more. You're absolutely right. And and I, I give a little bit of advice because I'm certainly far from an expert, but I'll, I'll tell athletic directors, hey, your parents, the people in your community, they're going to talk about your program one way or another. Why don't you give them the talking points, you know, that your team is doing so well or the the GPA set a new record or, you know, Billy scored his first goal, uh, you know, anything positive, because there are so many positive stories within every school's program, you just got to become the storyteller. It's that is a perfect case in point. And as a last little anecdote that you and I never even talked about, uh, I'll give a plug to my daughter. And here's what I mean by that really quickly. She started putting a positive post out there on TikTok and Instagram and what have you a couple of years ago, a couple of anti-bullying messages, things that she had put out there. My daughter is now on scholarship at High Point University for social media marketing. And she has 2.7 million followers on TikTok. All because of starting a positive approach that builds. Here, we're going to school. I've got all these degrees. My daughter, 17 years old, puts out a positive message and look at the brand that she's already building for herself. So my point is that could be many of your listeners out there too. I don't know that it would be 2.7 million, which still boggles my mind anyway. But the point is, there is a whole audience out there somewhere that wants to hear what you have to say. Why aren't you saying it? All right. Uh, I, when we get off the air here, I want your daughter's uh, contact information. Yeah, she just became my new uh, uh, advertising uh, promoter there. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. Uh, Eric, this has just been so cool spending some time with you. Um, uh, but we're not done yet. Um, we always wrap up with the athletic director 
toolbox. Now, you're not an AD, but you certainly know your way around the world of athletics. So we're going to take our final break here from Athletic Surveys. And when we come back, we're going to find out what Eric Horseman is going to put into his new athletic director toolbox. Please stay with us. We want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys for sponsoring the AD Toolbox segment of our podcast. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic directors typically only hear from that 2%, uh, the disgruntled parent or, or maybe a frustrated student athlete, and we need to hear from them so we can affect positive change. But we also need to hear from the 98% that love and support our program, and that's where Athletic Surveys comes in. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey just for your school and your department and allow you to get that positive feedback, which is a tremendously valuable tool when you're visiting with that frustrated parent or your principal or your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com and find out all the things that they can do for you and your program. That's athleticsurveys.com. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We have been visiting with Eric Horseman. He's the founder of Sports Image. He's the founder of Flying to the Who Basketball Tournament. Uh, just uh, really some cool stuff. But right now I'm going to challenge him to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. But I'm only going to let him put three things in their toolbox. Eric, what three items are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? Well, I'll tell you what, there is a lot that should go in there, but if I only had to pick three right off the bat to start off my career, um, the first goes back to what we talked about earlier, and it absolutely is organization. Uh, I am a creature of habit. I like processes. I like checklists. It makes my life easier. It helps me so that I don't have to remember everything. It gives consistency to everybody around you because being organized, you are treating things the same day in and day out. You're doing things the same day in and day out. I don't mean that to be boring, but I mean it to be consistent. And consistency is key in a lot of the jobs that you're going to be doing. So the organization and consistency would be number one. Uh, number two, and I say this to a lot of folks just starting out, and I say this to a lot of seasoned folks out there, something uh, I have learned from day one, and I've seen it happen on the bad way, and I've seen it happen on the good way, is never burn a bridge. Don't burn a bridge with folks. Um, a lot of people, I hated that job. I went out, you know, head blazing on fire. Uh, uh, I didn't like this this event. I didn't like this family. The best, the, you know, parent, what have you, the best thing that I can describe is it's a small world and you never, ever know how that may come back in a positive way to affect you or come back to bite you in the butt down the line because you burned a bridge when you could have been a lot more professional and just gotten out of it. Uh, case in point, my world was engineering prior to all of this sports marketing type of stuff. And the thing is, is with the engineering world behind me, obviously never having burned a bridge, what I did going into the sports marketing world, now a lot of those coworkers I used to have in, as engineers now own businesses and now are sponsors of our tournament and sponsors of the projects that we do on Sports Image. So you never would have thought of that, uh, but you end on a good note. So, so I would never burn a bridge, just keep that in mind. 
And then the third thing is start and continue to build your brand. And we talked about a little bit of that in the social media way, but you are a brand. The school that you represent is a brand and you're responsible for that brand. So the crap you put out on social media, and if it is crap, is going to hurt you. But at the same time, you can use that to build yourself up, to build your programs up, and you're building a brand. Uh, constant contact with your coaches, uh, uh, constant connections with your community, uh, constant posts on social media. They start to see who you are as a reliable individual that gives information. Guess what? They don't have to agree with you all of the time, but at the end of the day, they at least have to respect you because you've shown them from day one who you are through your consistency, your treatment of others, and you're building your brand to hopefully bigger heights in the future. There you go. Well, no, I love them. Uh, and again, uh, I'm that type A organized person myself, but uh, uh, that the part about not burning your bridge is just so critical uh, over the life, length of your career. You know, great stuff. Uh, Eric, once again, uh, really appreciate you sharing today. Thanks for all that you do, you know, with um, um, you know, your, your endeavors, uh, you know, we're actually going to do some more here, uh, once we get done with this interview, but once again, um, if one of our listeners wants to reach out, find out yep. more about sports image or, or flying to the hoop, what's the best way they can get in touch with you? I'll give you a couple things. One is we have our websites. So we have sports image, We have flying to the hoop.com or email me. It's pretty simple. Eric, E-R-I-C at sportsimaginc.com. And then our office phone number is 937-704-9670. Feel free to reach out uh, in whatever capacity and we'll see if we can start our own relationship while we continue to build our brands. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and again, thanks for sharing that contact information. Eric Horseman, Sports Image and Flying to the Hoop and many other things. Uh, he's also on LinkedIn. Thanks so much for sharing on the podcast and all the best uh, moving forward. Thank you very much for having me, Jake. I enjoyed it. For our listeners, um, we upload all of our interviews to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back next time for more best practices on the Educational AD Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check out our partners, the Florida Coaches Coalition, uh, Vital Signs Wall of Fame, We Coach, and the Global Community of Women in High School Sports. And please check out our sponsors. They're all uh, great, great vendors. Uh, check out what they can do for you. We'll see you next time on the Educational AD Podcast. Mm -hmm.